Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Quick housekeeping for you as per usual. Make sure you rate and review five stars on Apple's podcast app. Follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. My YouTube channel, subscribe, Felix Levine. Search it on YouTube. You can subscribe, watch everything in its full video formats as well as smaller clips and highlights. Um, and I love when you guys reach out to me. Tell me what you do like about the episodes, maybe what you don't like. That's also incredibly helpful. Um, guests you want to, to see on the show. Um, so please, please reach out to me, FelixLevineWTG at gmail.com. You can find that on my website, Felix-Levine.com, or just DM me on Instagram. Uh, I usually check those, so please, please do that. Um, it's really awesome to, to hear from you guys. And today, we'll be doing something slightly different, where I'll be sitting down with my beloved producer and studio owner, Josh, and he will be interviewing me, and we will be kind of reflecting and looking back at some of these first few years of myself doing the show as a little uh, inflection point of where I'm at in life. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Boom. And we're live. Yeah. This is exciting because I have my uh, my beloved producer, owner of the studio, Brooklyn Podcasting Studio, yeah. Joshua. Do I call you Josh? Josh Wilcox. It's like only my mom calls me Josh. Um, <laughs> when I'm pissed, I'll call you Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I'm excited because we, we had a guest cancellation. Yeah. But now we get to, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what this will look like, how we're going to chop it up or if like, shit just chuck it up as a real episode yeah but i'm excited um because i i heard you're kind of doing the interviewing with for me today um yeah. so that people can kind of get to know me better but also uh you know i i love this place and i love you in this studio so this is exciting Likewise. for me to have you as like featured on it and i'm just like looking at the uh, it's, honestly that's like it's a distraction see, it's weird to see us on the monitor just for people <laughs> listening like there's a monitor back there that's like lagged by three seconds so i just see myself like moving and then i see myself four minutes later four seconds later yeah. <laughs> moving on the screen um but anyways um so that's the intro and then uh i i don't know i'm my josh is gonna be my therapist today because apparently my therapist says that i don't talk about myself enough and no, josh also to, says that that i don't talk get, about myself we enough need to get to know you i mean i know you very well but there's a lot of people out there i mean you've put out like i don't know how many episodes like, oh this that's also true i was gonna say this is like Getting close to 100. I'm getting close to 100, so yeah. it's like it's like a little monumental moment, and I just graduated too, so it's like, you know, just having my existential crises all at once, and yeah. um, and I'm happy that you get to to hash these out with me. Yeah, you're gonna be entering the real world now. I know. Very, very, fuck? very, very I'm soon. A big boy now, but very well positioned. But uh, but I won't give away I won't give away everything. The things that I know already. Yeah. So, um, first things first. In typical, where's this going fashion? Yeah. What is something the world doesn't know? <laughs> I, you know, about? I was thinking, I was like, I, I feel like he's gonna do some shit like that. Um, I love that. Um, I, I actually, I did talk about it on one show that I did uh, like a month ago, mm. and it was. Like I'm extremely OCD. Now I don't know if you've noticed it. Oh yeah, for sure. You wash your hands like I wash my hands like a hundred times a day. Times. I wash my hands a hundred <laughs> times a day. I take multiple showers. Like like sometimes like could be well when it's hot and sticky like this like three four showers a day. So fucking, mm. but like I always need to feel clean. Mm. Like in my car, like I have a trillion hand wipes. All my friends think it's like the funniest shit ever. Yeah, I definitely noticed this. Yeah, like everything <laughs> I do is like it's not just like the hands. It could be like. 
I mean, it's definitely clean. It, it runs around like clean. It's not that I think things are dirty. That's mm-hmm. what people don't understand too. Is like I don't think that. Um, like me washing my hands and not because I think things are dirty. It's just more just like it's like a peace of mind. Mm. And then I, but I, but like I definitely suffered from it a lot growing up. Like just Did people make fun of you for it. No, because I was always very good at hiding it. It was more just like I, like I would go sometimes. Like I'd had to, I'd have to like go from my dad's house to my mom. This is when I lived at both houses. Like mm. I'd have to go to one house. I'd have to go to my mom's house first sometimes. Uh, with. It's a whole host of things. This I can get into like more, deeper in another day. Yeah. Um, but it was just like it's it's something that like definitely is on my mind twenty four seven. And uh, was and it I, something that runs in the family or? So my my dad's it? very OCD actually. Um, and my mom definitely not. Um, right, not that I know of in the ways that I manifest it. But like my dad definitely is like whenever he would leave his studio, he'd have to like ch- or whenever he would leave anywhere, he'd check like. That everything was off like twelve times, so fucking annoying. It would take like ten minutes to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if he's listening, he's gonna laugh. Um, but like I, yeah, I don't know. I think it was. I think it stems from things that I'll probably be able to talk about in like ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, that I probably won't get into right now, just for because I know that some people that might listen might be butthurt about it. Is it something you talk about with your therapist? It definitely talk about my therapist. I can talk about my therapist because she's under the HIPAA. So like if yeah. she talks then I'm a millionaire. <laughs> um no I love her. I'm just kidding. Um but uh shout out to therapy. Yo shout out to therapy <laughs> shout out to therapy. Um no but yeah my I think my mom's had like people that live with me day to day can see it. But I try to never let it affect like my whole life. Yeah. It doesn't seem debilitating but real talk like the first I was like, was it the first or second time you came to the studio? It's the first time we talked about this. Yeah, so yeah, by the way, I don't think I've ever told you this either. Like, you shook my hand and then immediately went for the hand sanitizer. Oh, really? Yeah, because, or went to go, or immediately went to go wash your hands. And I was thinking, I was just like, oh, is it okay? I, you know, it, it, <laughs> that's the I, thing. Some people take it, per, it's, yeah. there's nothing personal. And then like, I, I do it with yeah, everybody. Yeah, I realized, like, you know, with all the slew of guests you've been here, like, the minute, like, I was like, I realized, I was like, okay, he does this with everybody. I do it with everybody. Me. And yeah. it's not even like, it's not even like, I don't know why it's not again it's not when it when it comes to like dapping people up it's not like I'm grossed out yeah it's more just like I I I dap and then I walk like it's like a, it's like in my mind like that's the p- sequence of events yeah and and I always said like I I think I could have approached it from two ways where either I could have used it as something that was very set like I could I could feel like a like bad for myself like oh I suffer from OCD mm. or I could like say like okay this is the reality yeah. I don't. I don't suffer. Is not the. I think sometimes I've suffered in my past. Do you, Do you think it helps you in other ways? Yeah. So that was that was what ways? I was gonna yeah, say. It was yeah. like I think like in a lot of ways it made me such a perfectionist. Like mm-hmm. I had to, like my whole life everything had to be so perfect at every moment. And for me, it's like a. It's almost like a preparation to getting into like a peace of mind. Where like I do this and I do that, and if whether it's like washing it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then then once all that's done, then I can sit and I can focus on the task at hand. So I think in a lot of ways that's good. Um, do I think overall, if I'm being honest, there's more negative than positive? Probably. But that's just kind of, I guess, who I am. And, you know, I think that there are ways that I could, like my therapist has talked to me about, like different, like intensive programs to like, but like sounds fucking hellish. Like if I'm being honest, like she's always, she's like tried to get me. It's like, I don't know, there's like a six to eight week. You go in like five hours a day and they like, and it's basically like you, you go and you do everything that's uncomfortable to you, you do it and you just fucking do it and do it and do it. And they send you off to like, like do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And you have to, and it's just like, I think on the, like the premise of it sounds great, but like, 
hey, I don't really have five hours a day for six to eight weeks to do this. Yeah, that's a lot of time. To and do I it. was like, and I bet you it's a lot of money to do it. Too. It's probably a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I, that. Um, I don't know if it's anything. I don't know. I think I've gotten. I, I don't know. It's it's uh it's an inter it's an interesting thing. It's mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, my mom always was concerned, like even like in my intimate relationships, like how that would manifest. Yeah. And I'm very upfront with with uh my partner like with my people in general like my best friends know like my romantic partners know it doesn't really it doesn't really affect any like it really doesn't affect anything like that it's just more like they'll notice me like wash man's a lot and do like just sometimes like weird shit or put things in weird spots like if my mom puts something on my bed mm -hmm. i just get like i'll be like no I'm not, I'm not gonna lie though i'm very comforted every time i shake your hand because i know it's clean yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> i might be the cleanest person like I'm i, I gotta be top five cleanest people and like i am very comforted by that i'm just like if i i know if i if i were to ever get bro. like if i were to ever get sick it ain't I, me it ain't, it ain't me, <laughs> it it ain't me. <laughs> unless i got like covid or something it's it, like it, it really ain't no me. it really is not me like that i swear bro whenever i see people walk out of the my bathroom out of a bathroom, mm. not washing their hands. I was gonna really say, do you judge them a little bit? Oh, oh it's not judge, even a question. I'm, like, there's I mean, this one kid. Wrong. I judge people. There's I this judge that too, but dude, there's this one kid that at my school, and I would see him at the bar. So first, like, you're at the bar, you're dapping up everyone. We we're in the bathroom. I saw him three times do this. We're at the bathroom and once at school. Same kid. I won't name his name. Um, he, like he'll talk to me. So like we'll be in the bathroom. This is like three occasions we we're in the bathroom together. Mm. We're both peeing. I go to wash my hands, and he just walks out. And then he tried to dap me up later. Oh no! Yes, yeah, yes. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I literally hit him with like a fist bump, and then I immediately went to to wash my hands. Mm. And then once, oh my god, this I was like, this ruined my night. He, because for someone like me, he, he like came and like like jokingly like kind of like touched my face, and I was like, yo, I want to smack the shit out of you. <laughs> I was fuming. I was like, I was like, this is. And I told my friends about like my close friends. About, I was like, dude, like. He didn't wash his hands. I was pissed. Mm. And you know, I actually had the other day. I was a very good friend of mine who did who didn't wash his hands out of the bathroom, and it was so hard for me. Like I wanted to say something, mm. and I was just like, I was so shocked. Cause I thought he, I thought he'd be like the type to wash his yeah. hands. So if anybody out there that's listening, yeah, if you wash your fucking hands when you use the bathroom. Wash your hands and don't let Felix catch you. <laughs> oh, if I catch, we're not dapping. Like we're not dapping. You're not. You're not coming to my house. I saw. I had to. He actually drove my friend that I was talking about. I drove him home after, so he got into my. I was pissed. Like he was in my car, like touching, like the, rubbing, I was rubbing the seats. I was yeah. I was pissed. I was like, I was looking at. Him, I was like, you're lucky that you you're a clean person in general. I can tell, but that don't fly with me, especially because if you don't touch. I also don't like I don't touch like doorknobs really like mm. like if I touch a doorknob I'm washing my hands like especially a bathroom doorknob I don't touch a bathroom. Doorknob. I'm not gonna lie like these are actually really good habits. That, I mean everybody should have some of these habits in general. Maybe not to your level, yeah. but especially living in New York City though. I mean oh. like especially I mean living here. I mean like for people who don't wash their hands and live here, I'm just like yo, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy. That's you're, what I'm fucking saying. you're just asking for it. You're <laughs> asking for it, and then. And then, like, on a plane, you'll catch me with, like, my hand wipes. I'll bring, like, my, my, uh, fuck, what are those called? It's, like, the same red packaging. I, I buy, I mass order this on Amazon. I gotta be, like, their number one customer at this point. Mm. I just bring one, and you'll see me, like, I'll have, like, 20 wipes in my, like, seat thing. Mm. I'm, I'm, like, nuts about it on planes. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, a, it's, like, a whole, it's been a whole thing, so... Mm. So I'm going to ask you a real general question okay. here, though. To transition focus. I was like, I can tell this is something you're very passionate about. I am very passionate about this. <laughs> but um, I'm going to ask you a relatively generic question, and I almost always hate this question. But uh, So what made you start this podcast? Mm. Like, 
what 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 was it that made you feel like were you the type of person that was always like interviewing their friends when they were younger like were you always very talkative in terms of like getting wanting to get to know more about people because like you you have a very you're very you are naturally good at this in a way that I, I don't see a lot of people being good at this especially for you know i always say for your age because yeah. uh, but like but even regardless of your age like you are one of the best interviewers i've ever recorded so. thank you well th- first of all you know i yeah I lo- and, uh, that means yeah. a lot to me um yeah thank you um i i, di- I didn't think so before i started it i and so I, like people that have like listened to me talk tell the stories like when i went my freshman year of college to santa barbara at uc santa barbara i was miserable um, I wanted to transfer immediately. And, um, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, New York, Santa Barbara is like beautiful, but it's like the complete opposite of everything here. Um, and so I was just like, I mean, you know me, like I'm very social, I'm very talkative. And yeah. I, I was like, I think I was like, I don't like to throw the word depressed out easily because um, I think it's just dis- like I don't suffer from active depression so I think it's disrespectful for people that do mm. to say that I was depressed but I think I def- definitely had li- like well, a yeah. depressed period you're in a new place I was in a new place I had at that time I had a long distance relationship with a girl that was in New York um, so that was hard and so and I just really I just really wasn't happy and I knew like really a few days in I was like yeah there's no chance I'm here for four years wow you knew it that quickly dude I was just like because it was like I felt like I'd seen everything in Santa Barbara um and it's like it, it, I could just tell like people there very like too nice way too nice like mm-hmm. like holding the door for you 15 feet away like shit you would never do in New York yeah like they they just always like they're walking around barefoot it's like very hippie like beach town drink beer smoke weed just not really like my my vibe yeah. um and so I knew I was gonna get out and so then like I basically was I really grinded school that was only positive I guess um for like six months so I could have good grades get out of there you know grind all these transfer applications I mean that was also depressing after doing back-to-back college applications two years in a row yeah um it's funny it's funny we actually share that in common re- you transferred yeah I transferred out of the school okay after your first, first year after my first year yeah interesting yeah. and then you stayed three years at the second one yeah yeah well technically two and a half because it was a it was a different type of school it was like a more like a trade school. oh right I remember yeah, you telling me that. yeah interesting yeah. yeah no the transfer thing is like it's it's a hard thing like yeah for it's, tra- all, it's a big decision <laughs> it's and it's also like when you transfer it's hard people don't talk about that enough like for tra- like for you was it hard when you transferred I mean not, for me not really because I was going to a very non-traditional school but I think had I but there's there's still like a lot of paperwork and shit that I had to get in order and then on top of that it was just uh for me I mean it's just a hard decision to make because I mean like you have to it's making it you you feel like you know you're messing with your future you know so or wherever you know it's scary so it is it's really it's a really scary decision it is scary and um and so yeah basically after I did all that I was like I completely isolated myself from everybody I didn't talk to people like people don't understand I I I said this on a different show like I, I remember when I raised my hand in class there and I re- and I had I started speaking and it was the first time that I had heard my voice in like three days and I was like yo this is terrible like this is concerning I was like surprised at the sound of my voice I was like fuck like I'm not I'm, t- I'm not talking to anybody anybody at all and and I was just like depressed like I really didn't leave my room I would just kind of go to class in and out and so I started listening to podcasts that's kind of like basically where I'm going mm-hmm. and um and I started of course with with Rogan mm-hmm. and because I was a big UFC fan and I had heard that he had like, and this is like three, four years ago, so it wasn't like, but it was before the Spotify deal. It was before like, yeah, I mean, it was still a big deal. It was then. still a big deal. It was like definitely like one of the biggest shows in the world, no yeah. doubt about it. But it wasn't ro- what Rogan is like known today as like the king of all kings in the podcast world. Exactly. So I, I, but and I think you know, look, he gets his shit, and 
you know, people can disagree, but I think at the end of the day, he has. You can't deny how good of a podcast. You can't. You can't deny how good of a how good of a speaker he is. A good of a and 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 you know, some people say, oh, the free thing. I think he's a really whatever. We we're not going to talk about Rogan, but he was really one of the first people because I just felt like he would ask a question, and I was like, and then I would think about a follow up question, and then maybe he would ask, and I was like, damn, like I could have asked that, like Mm. you know, and it's not like thinking that I'm better than Rogan. It was more just like. I love like he loves what he does. So what did you what's the, what did you major in when you were in college? By the way, I was at when I first went to Santa Barbara. I think I was an econ major, and then when I transferred to Boston University, I was in the the school of business with like a concentration in law or some shit. So no broadcast journalism. No broadcast, especially because BU has like a great. I never. It's funny. I never. Yeah. I had no interest in doing that, and maybe that's a maybe that's a mistake. I really don't know. Mm. But I uh, I've always been fascinated by business and entrepreneurship, and and that's something that I'm still very you know fascinated mm. by, and I try to execute on a daily basis, even with my show or other ways. Um, so for me, it was like for this stuff, I felt like my my encyclopedia, my textbook, were the people like Rogan or like. You know now people like Schultz, mm. um, just the way that they conduct themselves in these in these podcasts. I mean, Schultz is a comedian too, so I don't have the, I don't have that, but um, you know, just like very very good thinkers and um, just the kind of atmosphere they set with their guests. That for me was like where I could do my learning. Um, I didn't feel like at that point in time I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in life. You know, the podcast was like a side hobby, and so um, yeah, I guess that's why I didn't really do that and. Boston University had a great business school, and so I was just like, all right, you know, like, I can always do, it was a good compliment, I guess. So you started the podcast when you were still at UC? So I was I was at UC Santa Barbara, I started, I believe, in like March of 2019, mm-hmm. um, and literally it was, it was so good too, because it, it gave me, A, it gave me something to do, because I was just so like, after I finished my applications, I really didn't do anything. Um, I was just kind of like, I don't know, I, again, I think I was just kind of depressed, and uh and then I remember the funniest part, and this this felt like kind of like an out-of-body moment where my first time going to this... So I was looking for studios in Santa Barbara. At first, mm. I was grinding like crazy. I was up to like 4 a.m., like truly like many, many days a week, just like sending emails to guests, that so, whole thing. So who was your first, who was your first guest? So my first guest, so when I was doing that, I was like, all right, who's going to be my first guest? And I was like who might be local in like the calif like the southern california region mm. and so actually one of my dad's best friends uh, a guy named paul tucker who's like the number one leading expert in the world on claude monet who's okay. he's he curated like the the claude monet exhibit at gagosian here in the city a few years ago um and he's like our family for i love paul he's the father of jonathan tucker who i had on my show who's a fa- very famous actor now um paul lives in santa barbara and so I called Paul and I was like, hey, I'm like, I gave him my idea. I was like, would you be my first guest? He's like, of course, you know, like that's family. So, so, and I was looking for studios. And so there was a studio named uh, Hidden City Studios. Shout out to Elliot and all them over there. And I remember going to visit the studio. And the day that I visited the studio, the, as I'm walking in their driveway, I get the email from BU that's like, your decision has been posted. And I'd gotten rejected. So first of all, I got rejected from like all top five schools. Like I wanted to go to UCLA, Michigan, uh, Claremont McKenna, like all these schools that were like really out of my reach. Wait, so you got re- you got rejected from all those schools? I got rejected from all those schools first grad from going for... Uh, I'm not going to lie, from, that's, that's shocking from, to me. <laughs> it, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't all that surprised. But yeah. from going to high school into college, I got rejected from all those. And then I reapplied transfer and I got rejected, I think it was in order, like maybe like Michigan, UCLA, I don't remember, something like that. I just remember I was down to like, either I'm staying at Santa Barbara or it's gonna be Boston University. And I really wanted to go to BU. Um, 
I had a lot of friends there and it was it's a good it's a great school and whatever and so I was but I was kind of stressed I was like fuck like if I don't get into BU like maybe I, I think Wisconsin was the other option I really want to yeah, go there yeah I can't imagine I and, can't even and, imagine. and dude I get I get <laughs> as I'm walking into the podcast studio for the first time ever to visit it I get the thing it says your decision's been posted it was like you got in and then they also like gave me like a merit scholarship that I don't know I got my mom still is trying to figure out she's like I'm not surprised no well <laughs> but like but I, on paper I'm not that great of a student like it was whatever. And I just, and I like, I really started like tearing up because I was like, you know, I, I really felt for, for like six months that I was really in a bad spot. And like, finally I knew I was going to transfer back to the East coast. It's going to be close to home. I, you know, Boston's a great city. I was going to the school I wanted to go to. I'm about to like go on this podcasting journey. Um, and I'm about to start this thing that I've been wanting to start for like a month now. And I'm about to visit the studio. For, it was like all like this big moment. I remember just like feeling like okay, life is like life is gonna go up from here. And and then I had yeah. And so I visited. And it was a great studio. And then I had Paul on. And then and then from there, you know, it just kind of I kept grinding and grinding and grinding. And then I transferred. And then I found you. Mm-hmm. That I remember. I that yeah. summer is when I came here to New York and yeah. I googled Brooklyn. This shout out if anyone ever wants to start like something in a city, I googled Brooklyn podcasting studios. And Josh's studio is named Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. Yeah. So there you go, Google so, search. Funny, <laughs> funny story about that, and I think you probably know the story too. Is like my uh, my ex business partner, who I started the studio with. Uh, um, he was the one that named the studio initially, and he asked me when he brought me on. Uh, you know, he's like, "Hey, you know, this name sounds really generic. You know, uh, I think we should change it." And then I literally looked at him. I was like, "You have to be out of your. You got to be out of your mind. Like, no, we're not changing it." Because people are going to be able to find us Literally, so you easily. Google it. <laughs> Brooklyn is a very big place for people yeah. who haven't been. Brooklyn, if you need a podcasting studio, yeah. it's like it was perfect. And and then I, yeah, and then I came here and I and I and I loved you and I loved mm. the space and I was like okay and, it, and it's literally like five blocks from my house and so uh, yeah and so then it was it was good because it kind of like it helped me. Um, I mean everything about it fell into place kind of so naturally and it was yeah. So then, so let's rewind for a second. So, when you when you first started podcasting, what is one thing? You, I mean, now that you're almost a hundred episodes in, like, what's one thing you think you know now that you wish you had known then? Yeah, it's that's always a, I love that question. Um, yeah, because uh, um, you know it's, I th- and I got to give myself credit here. I think in the beginning and I and I've always had this mentality and I and I always give this as like a piece of advice to people when they ask me like how do I start one I I very much and I'm still this way and so I'm I'm happy that the at least this has carried over for a while um is I never never ever focused on the numbers or the results right It's funny I tell this to people all the time I don't I don't care like I know some like I really I've put in very very minimal effort onto my YouTube channel and that's something that I now that I've graduated I want to like spend the summer and like start grinding but like I could I could get two views on a video it really it's the same feeling that when I see like my video with like John or Michael Franzese that has like 50 or 100,000 views mm. obviously it's cool yeah but does it like if I'm being honest does it like bring me more happiness not really like it's not that I want to have two views on a video, it's more just like I don't care. And the reason I don't care is because at the end of the day, it's not gonna like it's not like I'm not I'm gonna stop my show because of it. It's like I'm still gonna have another guest. I'm still gonna have more guests. I'm still gonna have, there's more things I'm gonna do. So it doesn't like 
are numbers important like to understand and to see where you can improve? Sure. And that's something that I'm like trying to dig into that I didn't really didn't have time for the past three years to look at. Um, well, let, let me ask you, let me ask you this. Cause like one thing that I think, and this is, this is something that I think that, that I can really, I think me and you both can relate to. I, I'm curious if this was surprising for you. Um, because it was surprising for me in terms of like running a studio is like, I never thought about, which is a crazy thing to not think about this. I never thought about the types of people that I would have the privilege of meeting mm. when I started the studio. Yeah. And obviously it's like, I meet new people every day. And mm -hmm. now like my new reality is like, I get a chance to meet quote unquote known people, mm -hmm. very well known people relatively frequently now. And that's no, like, that's no, nothing to, that's not me bragging. It's mm -hmm. just my new reality. But my network has grown exponentially yeah. because of it, and I never foresaw that happening. Was that something that you and it, with you? I would imagine it's a very similar. I would imagine maybe it's possibly a very similar feeling. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've you and I have talked about like some of like the from the networking side. Yeah, I never imagined any of you know. It's I think I've been so busy the past three years that I haven't really had any time to like be like grateful or like take it all in. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, I'm never someone that like, you know, sits there and is like, ah, life is so like, yeah. you're so great. You know, like, I don't think I, I don't constantly grinding. Like, I'm constantly grinding and I'm constantly just like thinking about things. And so, so to answer your question, like I have, I would have never imagined, you know, the people that I've met, the people that I have relationships with, like, you know, whether it's the UFC guys that I would watch on TV, like the Laura Senkos, the John Annix, the... Uh, Brendan Fitzgerald's, um, you know, these are these are people that the those are the main commentators for the UFC um, that I would watch on ESPN every every week religiously before I started my show. Um, and now, like, I text them. We have very good relationships. They comment on my stuff. On, you know, when I go and I and I if if I'm in Vegas for a fight and I see them, like, um, it, it's 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 in a lot of ways it's surreal, you yeah. know. And but I don't. Um, but, you know, it takes conversations like these to realize that. And even then, you know, the mafia side, those people, yeah. I mean, who the fuck I thought I would ever, I would ever meet those guys. Um, and then, you know, even like, even like Eric Adams, you yeah. know, like I had him a year before he became mayor of New York City, like where I grew up. And that you got cool. an interview from him that like you, a side that I think nobody. Would have, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I think I love that. And I love that. Yeah. I love that episode. And, and just like, just, I mean, I can go through, I can go through every guest and, you know, it's these CEOs and like, so it's really, it's, it's really unbelievable um when i think about it and you know when i tell people about it when i tell people about it they uh they they're cognizant of it but you know i never i really i really try to to never like you know i try to stay humble about all of these things um because that's very important to me but it's uh you know in in retrospect i have to give myself a little credit like it is it is pretty cool you know and i and i never thought that at 22 i would kind of have access or have these relationships that that are very organic too i think in the beginning i might have been intimidated now like i call or i text some of these people that i just named and i don't feel like i have to like kiss their ass or like you know what i mean yeah. like it's and they and they respect me because when they when they came on my show i did my homework i gave them i treated them as human beings i you know i i I tried to act in the most professional way possible. Like prof being professional is incredibly important to me, and so I think that they recognize that You're and respected like that. The most prof one of the most professional. Thank you. No, like, and so for me, it was like I always, I never wanted my age to, you know, 
it's because it's easy for them to be like, oh, you're only 19 or 20 and then treat me like a baby. But like when you act professionally and then they're guessing your age and they're saying 25 or 28, like that's the biggest compliment I could receive, you know? So it's, um, it's, uh, it's definitely like a lot, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of come, uh, very organically and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So let me ask you, let me ask you another question too, just in regards to like all the, obviously the slew of guests that you've had on, um, you know, everybody always asks, like, oh, like, what is the secret to, like, getting guests? Yeah. And granted, like, I already know the answer to this question about, like, how you've gone mm-hmm. about getting guests and stuff like that. But early on when you first started, like, yeah. what was it that you were doing that allowed you to get guests? So I literally created 10 template emails or more. Um, this is way back when I was at UC Santa Barbara grinding. I had no guests at that point. I created 10 template emails. Basic gist at the top was like, hey, I'm Felix Levine. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm starting this show. Here's the goal of my show. Um, would love to get you on, right? And so if it was like a UFC fighter, it'd be like, hey, like, I've watched your fights. This is not like because I wanted to just be like fake and like have a generic shit for everyone. Mm-hmm. It was like if I was going to reach out to ten, like a thousand fighters, I can like personalize everything. Exactly. So I created like basic general templates. And then so if it was a comedian, it'd be like, you know, if it was a comedian, I was a fan. I'd be like, hey, like, I love your comedy. Like, I'd love to have you on my show. If it was an author, same thing. And then I try to personalize a little bit, you know, yeah. like, hey, like, con- if it was a guy who just fought, I'd be like, hey, like, congrats on your last win, like, you know, sick knockout, whatever it was. So so that they don't feel like they're getting, like, some bot email either. Um, but I created, like, these 10 template emails in a Word doc, and then I would literally just, like, not kidding you, send out thousands and thousands and thousands of emails and just seeing who would bite who would bite and then and then i did the same thing for sponsors as well um and so but for guests it was like i always knew or i always believed at that point in time and i i think it was a fair assumption was you know people these people are busy and they want to know that they're if they're going to spend an hour or two hours especially if they're going to travel to the place um that you know, there's some legitimacy and they've seen other people mm-hmm. that they recognize. So for me, it was like once I got somebody like if I wanted to get, say, a UFC fighter, well, I should probably show that I've already had a UFC fighter that they know and respect and whatever. And so and then same with like comedians and then same with like authors. And then and then, you know, when I would. So after I had a few guests, then my template emails would change a little bit. It'd be like, hey, I'm Felix Savine. I'm from Brooklyn. Here's who I've had on my show. I had the author of this book on, uh, one of my first guests was this guy named uh, Daniel Coyle, who's, a, I think, a best-selling author, I believe. Um, he wrote this book on Lance Armstrong, which was a great book. Um, and so I was like, hey, I've had this New York Times best-selling author. I've had this expert on Claude Monet. And I've had uh, this comedian who's been on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, like, so, so, right? So, like, so you're starting to stroke the ego of some of these people. And so they're like, okay, like, this list looks legit. And then they look at, and then I had a website. And then so they see, like, pictures and they see, like, the setup and then they see you literally did so many things like the right way like i literally it's funny like everything one of the things that really impressed me about you when i what's it called because like even i was just curious i'm always curious to know people's origin story of like how they got into podcasting and how they go about doing what they did and like there's so many that like the like if anybody out here is like looking to start a podcast like the template emails like are back when i used to produce you know just a solo podcast and i used to try to you know get guests and stuff like that and and edit that podcast um yeah like the template what's it called like the template emails are i always tell people it's a numbers game like it it becomes a numbers game at that point And, and and not to cut you off it's like in my opinion this is what i always believed and what i tell people that would ask me about it it was like you can send if I always said 1% success rate is is phenomenal. Yeah. It was phenomenal. So like for me, and so I never I never had a fear of rejection. 
I never, because I knew, I knew 99% were not going to answer. And I knew that some, and I got some like kind of asshole. There's actually one. I don't even know if I want to like, uh, I won't expose him. But let's just say this person got into a very big scandal mm-hmm. with CNN. I'll say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he, and I remember uh, I had reached out to him and he just said like, like literally like, no, uh, literally, I was like, it was like no period. And it was like, it was like a good luck though. Like good luck though. Like some, like it was just like a, kind of like a rude way, especially when I was like, Hey, like, I'd love to have you on. It would mean the world to me, whatever. Mm. And I remember this was early on and he just said like that, that was the only one that stung. Um, and then he had a scandal that came out two years later and then he, whatever, um, <laughs> people can, can figure this one out. Um, but uh, I'd actually still love to have him on though. Mm. Uh, but anyways, so other than that though, I was very okay with being rejected. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, if I'm going to get a 1% success rate, then I can't send out a hundred emails. Cause that's only one. That's only one. Yes. Mm. If I send out a thousand, you got 10 yeses. If I send out 10,000, you got a hundred yeses. So, and now I'm at a point where I've had like 95 guests. So think about it. Like I've had to send out a ton of emails mm. to get to where I am. And you know, and even some of them are just like, now it's like through connections. So like that, that's another big one. But, um, but so, yeah, so for me, it was like, it was strictly no, exactly what you're saying. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could put out a thousand episodes and you have one that blows up. And then for me, it was always that too. It was like, if I put out quality work yeah. for years and I have, 100%. and I have my kind of breakthrough moment, if you will, I believe that if people then are like, wait, this kid's kind of good. And then they start listening to my stuff. They're like, wait, this is actually like decent. Like there's, and he's had some big guests, you know, and I know I'm not like the biggest name and I know I'm young and I know I'm all these things. I don't have a career behind me. I mean, but you've made, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you've made a career out of this. I've made, I've made, it's what I thought. It's like, I've made something. Um, I've made something. And, and so for me, I'm, I'm grateful that I'd be able, I've been able to create like a foundation to, to like start off of now that I've graduated 10 days ago. And so, um, so for me, that that part's exciting. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's still a weird, it's still a weird thing. Like, you know, like even like I never, like, I don't expect people, I, I, for me, it's still wild that like people listen, you know, like, mm. and the, the weirdest moment. And I, I think I told you this, um, was this in March when I went to London, I went to, to see Patty the Batty yeah. at UFC London, shout which was to, amazing. Shout out to Patty. Shout out, shout out to Patty, um, who I had on my show, who's probably one of the funniest motherfuckers you've ever seen in your life. And I went with one of my friends. Uh, her name is Colette. Shout out to Colette. Because uh, she's doing she was doing study abroad in London. She's a big UFC fan. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll go to, I'll, I'm in London for a night. I'll go see Patty. Uh, and I hit up Colette. I'm like, yo, you want to go see UFC? She was so excited. So we go. And we leave, and honestly, we're like a bit drunk at the event, yeah. which is fantastic. I recommend if you guys ever are at a live UFC <laughs> event, get a little bit drunk, mm-hmm. and you're like, holy fuck, like you see a knockout, things are crazy. So yeah. we're a little bit drunk, we leave, and then I hear someone, a guy say, Felix, and I'm like, I turn around, and this guy's like, hey, I'm like a really big fan. And I was like, so I'm drunk, wow. and I and I think I'm getting <laughs> pranked. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, but he knew my name. But he knew my name, so yeah. I'm like, so I look, and I'm like, I'm like, I was so confused for like a solid 10 seconds. He's like, yeah, like I listen to your show. Like I'm a, I'm a really big fan. Like, and I was, and I was so, it was really one of the most like unreal, surreal, touching moments where I never, I kind of like slightly got, like there was one guy previously that like he knew me from John's show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. But, but this was like the first time that someone knew me for like my show. Yeah. And I was like, this is like surreal. Like I'm in the middle of London. It's like 12 o'clock at night. I'm a little bit drunk. 
and and I was so like humbled and I and I asked I asked him for a picture. I was like, dude, can we take a picture? He was like, yeah, yeah. And then um, but it was so nice because it, it it and and he like started like telling me some of his favorite episodes and um and so you know that stuff like that was like one of the and it was cool too because Colette was like, what the fuck? Like that was one of the coolest moments. Yeah. Um. And so I'd never been really recognized before. And so it was, but again, it was one of those things. It was like, oh, like somebody actually listened. Like one person actually listens. Yeah. And and even that was just like it felt so good and it felt like all my work was was worth it. Um. And so you know I I'll remember that moment literally for the rest of my life. It was like I just remember like going to sleep that night and I was like, wow, like that's so cool. You yeah. know. It was, it was, would you say that was the, your most like memorable fan interaction? Yeah, I mean, I've only had one, one and a half, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's it's cool though. Like, I had like there's like there's like moments where I think like maybe some people that like we have might might have like a mutual friend. They might like kind of know because if if they posted it on their story, like Ray Longo from uh, Sarah Longo's, like he's Aljamain Sterling's coach. Yeah, I remember I went up to Ray after Dennis Bazookia's fight in Atlantic City. Cause we're all kind of like backstage or whatever, and he and I was like, "Hey, I'm Felix. Like, nice to meet you." He's like, "Oh, like, John Anik has talked about you." Mm. Cause uh, John, like, he had said something about uh, w- when I had John on my show. So even like the fact that he like kind of remembered, like that was like a cool, mo- not like, not a fan moment, but like, um, you know, like stuff like that is like very humbling. Like I don't, I never expect anybody to know who I am, know what I'm about, know what I do. So so that stuff is cool. Um, you know, and then at school, like, it's, like, a little weird sometimes where... So, the one of the craziest things, just to talk about school for a yeah. second, too, is, like, how... What's it called? So, you built this thing while you were in school, yeah. which I always feel is, like, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy that you were able to, you know... Do, it's called to be able to do your studies and do this at the same time um and i think we always jokingly uh me me and john Eli, shout out to john uh yeah. we're always just wondering like when are you going to quit school so, yeah. you can, so you can just yeah. do this full time i know but uh what's it called but question here is uh what was it like what's it called what was it like in terms of like uh were there any classmates that were aware of like what you were doing like that you were that you had this thing that you were building and and all these people that you were interviewing yeah it was like, so funny it's so funny because I, I don't ever talk I, I don't bring it up first ever yeah. I, and some people think it's a mistake i just i again it's kind of what we we're talking about like literally right before we went on i don't this is why this, i'm very happy that we're doing this and it's a great opportunity is like for people to kind of know me better it's like i don't really talk about myself a lot unless i'm prompted mm-hmm. um and so like with the podcast stuff it was like unless somebody followed me on instagram and they were in my class and like yeah. we follow each other like they would know obviously because that's like that's mostly what i post um or there were moments that like people would like a friend would like say something but i've never never ever ever brought it up first mm. like none of my te- i don't think any single one of my teachers knew Throughout all wow, three years, none, none. none, none. Like it was funny. Like a month, uh, two months ago, my teacher jokingly said, "We had a guest speaker, and he goes, Hey, Felix, like, do you want to? Wh- like, how would you help me interview this this guest speaker?'" And I, he was like, "He was like, like, would you feel comfortable interviewing?" And I literally like kind of like la- there's two people that knew about like like mm-hmm. that I was friends with, so they knew. And and I was and he was like, "Do you have experience interviewing?" And I was like, "Eh, not really." And then they start <laughs> laughing, <laughs> and I'm just like. And I like said it with a dead straight face too. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, like, that's cool. Like, I'll just interview. And I was like, okay, cool. And so like, and I just kind of like sat there. I was like, all right, like, what? I, like, because I, I really, I don't know. I was kind of like, and I, I had to finish another homework assignment for my next class. I was like, all right, I need more time. But anyways, so yeah. So like at school though, um, you know, all my friends knew, all the like friends of friends knew. 
Um, so you weren't like flexing on people or anything. I never. I hate. Like I hate. Yeah, that's yeah. like the worst. Yeah. Thing. I hate that more. Like, mm. and also I'm not even like I'm not even like in my eyes I'm not like it, like it's cool. Like it's like something. Like but it's not, it's not like I'm not like fucking Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, but it is cool. Like to think. I mean, and you know, because I've you know when I drive in late from Boston and I you know I like I, the amount of times that after a class. Say I didn't have a class on a Wednesday and I finished Tuesday at five o'clock. Yeah, I'm I mean, driving back to New York four and a half what, hours. Whatever it takes. I, I I mean I really did whatever it took. Like I I would sometimes fly in. I remember once to do Zuby. You remember that? Yeah, you remember yeah, Zuby? Yeah, I remember Zuby. Shots of Zuby. Yeah. Funny, very interesting guy. Um, I remember I had a class that finished at eleven a.m. I had a one p.m. flight out of Logan in Boston, so I I zoomed to the airport. Forty minute flight. Got in at two. Went home. I actually had a little time time to change. Three, uh, Zuby came in. I believe at like four. Went four to six, and then I had a flight out at eight o'clock out of JFK. Went back to Boston, just because I couldn't miss the next day's class because we had uh, something important that they were just like adamant that I had to be there. But Zuby was only here for a day, so I had to make sure. Like, yeah, you know, it's a lot of moving and pieces. I, I was here for that session, so I remember. It's that. just like, like I, was- I re- you know, I just literally went from like. You know, I remember, and I remember getting to Boston that night, just thinking how tired I was, and and I, I mean, I could go. There's like ten of these other stories where I'm just like beyond fatigued. Yeah, I've um, seen you. I've seen you walk in here, and I'm just like, and as someone who I'm glad that you're not a coffee drinker. Yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah. It's one of those things. I'm like, don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you always tell me no. <laughs> don't um, don't like, be like me. But <laughs> those stories, those stories, and those moments of like working really, really hard that like my friends know about and I'm I'm grateful because you know I think that they show me a lot of love and um and you know that always means a lot to me but like I there's a lot of like behind the scenes that like people don't know like for me to for me to get to New York when you live in Boston 90% of the time just be, just to record a 2 hour podcast or a 1 hour podcast is like it's a lot of work and it's a lot like you know you got to plan your trip and you got to um you know, even I, I mean, I've done podcasts after a four and a half hour drive and, I, and then I have to sit in front of a guest for an hour and a half and be focused, you know, it's and then maybe either drive back that night or early the next day. So, um, you know, it was a lot of a lot of work and, you know, and some days truly of sacrifice, you know, like I remember Thursday nights when everybody goes out, you know, I've definitely missed a, a, a fair amount of Thursdays because I had yeah. a Friday session. Um, but for me, it was always like work first. And also the other thing is you don't know when like if a guest says yes and they say yes, I can do Friday at 2 p.m. and it's someone you've really wanted, I don't fucking care. You get there at Friday at 2 p.m. and you make it work. Like, you work around it. You Like, I've missed class for, for podcasts and knowing if I can only, like, allocate three absences a semester, it's like, well, okay, I got to prioritize how I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of planning and it's... Uh, and I've watched you, like, finesse that, you know. For, for sure. And, 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 and I always, you know, like, some guests that are only in, the, in New York for, like, a day or two, you, like you have to work around their schedule. And like, even when I was in Scotland and I recorded with the comedian, Adam Rowe, who's over there, like I'm not in the UK all the time. And he was only in, we, 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 he was only in Scotland for a day and we were in different cities in Scotland, but I literally flew into to Glasgow. I had my, my suitcase at the studio. Adam came in, recorded for two hours. And then I took a two hour, uh, shuttle to St. Andrews afterwards. And so he, but again, if, if we didn't like, if I didn't press and make sure we did it, like I probably wouldn't have had him on my show. And I love, he was a great guest and it was super insightful podcast. And a lot of people I think enjoyed that one. So, um, yeah, you know, I think it's just like, uh, I mean, there's stories for all of them, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that I think is part of the fun is, is being able to kind of think about it and, um, you know, like 
reminisce on, you know, even, I mean, even, even like, so John A. Light and Michael Franzese, people, what people don't know is I had them back to, I had them, I had John on a Monday and Michael on a, on a Friday. And this was, wait, you did John's interview first. I did John's first. I recorded. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I recorded John on a Monday and I had, and I had plans to go to Newport beach, California to record Michael on Friday. So I had a flight on Thursday to go to Newport beach on Friday or get in on Thursday night to have a f- podcast on Friday. And so... It's funny. I thought this whole time, like, you recorded, like, Michael Francis, like, nope. months months or, like, nope. almost like a year ahead John of John was first. John was first. Wow. Um, and, and the craziest part was that was January 2020. And so Michael had been, like, his agent or I forget what... I forget. I think it was his assistant or whatever. She had said, hey, he only has this availability. I think it was, like, January 20th or something. He only has January 20th, 2020. Um, or it would have to be sometime in February or March. And so, again, as I said, when you give me a date, I'm going to do whatever I can to do to, to make it happen. And especially this is a tough one. This is Newport Beach, California. Like, there's no studios around there. I had to rent out, like, a suite for a hotel. Super expensive. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I was like, I, that's what I that's got in a production team, this yeah. this lovely couple that, like, came in from L.A. that had a great setup, by the way. Um, and so a lot of, like, moving pieces. Like, I have to fucking get out to L.A. first. Um, so anyway, that's January 2020. And then COVID was a month later. And so if I hadn't, if I had waited or said, oh, no, it doesn't fit my schedule, like, then I don't know if I would have ever, ever had Michael Franzese. You know, it, I don't know yeah. how I mean, things would have happened. I mean, if anything, it would have been a Zoom and it's just, that's just not It would have been a Zoom. And, and the funniest part was that that still remains to this day my biggest episode. And I think one of the reasons is because I released it during COVID and no one had anything to do during COVID. So they got to watch it. So it's like these things that like you take advantage of the moment when you have them. And that's something I'm very, very adamant about. You don't know when, like, you don't know when the next opportunity opportunities gonna come about like some guys blow up and they go you know like alex volkanovsky right yeah. featherweight champion of the world mm. i had him during covid and he said and it was because because of covid i had him i'm sure of it now he does all the biggest podcasts in the world and it's probably very hard to get in touch with him um and i haven't tried because for that reason to be honest uh but like i had him during covid and he said yeah i, I can do this time. it was like it was like 1 a.m for me because he's on australian time yeah. i was like fuck it like we're doing 1 a.m and i did it for my 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 room because it was covid um and so just stuff like that you know i think is really important um just in general for me and that's something i really learned doing my show is like you gotta take things when they when they present themselves right. so i'm gonna ask you a few fun questions but i just want to rewind for just a second because this is something i've always kind of been curious about and maybe maybe it's the influence maybe it's influence of you know you being a fan of rogan and whatnot but did you one of the things that i think is really ambitious that i don't even think you even realize what you've done or like the way you went about doing this is like usually you know if if, i give as you know i give a lot of advice to 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 podcasters or anybody creating content and the thing that's always that I found really amazing about what you've managed to do in such a short period of time is being able to have guests from all different like different type of types of sectors, whether it's entrepreneurs, whether it's people in the fight game, mm. whether it's comedians like you didn't just go after. Usually I would advise people to go after just mm-hmm. one of those types of groups. And then once you're kind of established within one yeah. branch off to the others, but you really managed to attack all of like these different types of people in a very short amount of time was that something that you were that you were thinking about doing from the beginning or is that something that you just randomly happened that way i 100 from the beginning i like and that's one of the things i loved about rogan Hmm. i just felt like he had such a range like i could listen like rogan talking to elon musk is just as interesting as rogan talking to the that dude who like trekked across the arctic 
uh, or An- Antarctica or whatever it was, uh, and set a world record time. Like those, he can talk to anybody at any time. He can ask them the most personal questions. He could ask them the most lighthearted questions. He can make people laugh. He can make people like some of them cry. Like mm-hmm. it's so for me, it was like I and and if I'm being honest, it was like I just had a belief in myself. I was like, I believe I can talk to anybody. Yeah. I can't. I, like I know I know a lot about sports, so I could do that. But there's a bajillion shows about sports, sports, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's and if I'm being like like honest it's like i well hold on let me ask you where does that belief come from though that's something i've always been very yeah, curious about i like, think where i just that, always where does, that, where does that come from i just because i think honestly it came from growing up because i'm such a sports fanatic i had so much like admiration like my idols growing up are like kobe and mm-hmm. like you know just this idea of greatness that for me he personified mm-hmm. it was like I knew I wasn't going to be Kobe or, uh, or, or, you know, a professional athlete, which in my younger years I would have loved. Um, but I knew that like, you can be great in other ways. And I, and I, it's like the word that just always sticks in my head is like, go, go be great. And so for me, it was like, I, I believe, and I could, I think I also could tell when it comes to like talking to people and podcasting. I could always tell growing up that people were comfortable talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, be- and I and I think the reason is because I genuinely care about people and I care about, and I'm very curious about people and how they think and uh, how they feel. And like, and I was always honored when like my friends would open up to me about personal things or relationships or whatever. And they would come to me sometimes for advice. Mm-hmm. So I knew that like, I knew that some people were, were comfortable talking to me and I felt that I, um, so I think in terms of socially, I always growing up had a confidence in myself because, you know, I was well liked, yeah. relatively well liked. Um, and uh, like you're very approachable. I will say yeah, that. Yeah. Like I, I just felt like I just felt like I don't know. I don't I don't think I rubbed too many. I mean, some people I rubbed the wrong way. But but like I think for the most part, I think like people I don't know. I really like people. And so I think my confidence kind of came from that. And and then, you know, I think then as you go grow up and um and you kind of develop more of like your character and your base and your values i just tried to always you know just kind of believe in myself as much as i could because there was no i didn't have a reason not to you know what i mean like i i i worked hard i you know i well when i played tennis for 10 years growing up too that was you know i mean i played five times a week i would go to bed tired i'd wake up early um you know i i i really like that belief that I could do kind of anything that there was, I, I never in my life felt like there was anything too big or that I couldn't do. It was more like, how am I going to get to do it? Um, and so I guess over the years that, that just grew and grew into confidence. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of to answer your question. Yeah. And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves. And now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample 
Farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest to goodness food without the junk. US Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P O D C A S T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. Also, like, you're, you know, I've had the pleasure. I've never met your dad. I've had the pleasure mm-hmm. of meeting your mom. She's wonderful, by the mm-hmm. way. Big fan of your mom. Um, shout out to Mumsy. Yeah, shout out to her. And uh, what's it called? I'm curious to know, uh, you know, if they've expressed, you know, any surprise in what you've built here so far. Like, I think it's hard. It's funny because my, I mean, they're both very like proud and yeah. very supportive. Um, I think like they're from a different generation, so they don't understand like social media or like. Or do they even understand what you've done here? Yeah, I, I, I guess you'd have to ask them the question. Yeah. I think, I think they definitely like do. Um, um, you know, but like sometimes when I have like a big guest that like, like a like a great example is like a Harry Jowsey, right? Mm-hmm. For like, for like a lot of like, especially like girls mm-hmm. my age and like a lot of young kids my age, like yeah. yo I Harry Jowsey. I, I had to look, I had to look him up right? myself. Right, <laughs> right. So like, so like, but for my parents, I'm, I'm telling them like, like, oh, I have this like huge like social media reality TV star. So for a lot of people, like they consider Harry Jowsey my biggest guest. It's kind of up to interpretation, whatever you want to say. But like, so for, but I do think he's definitely like amongst some of the, some of the bigger, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't really, like, I love all my guests in, in very different ways and I have stories with all of them. But anyways, um, on paper for someone who might look, that's how they might react. Yeah. And so, but when I told my mom, like, she's like, she's like, oh, he's on a TV show where they just like, on a reality TV show that like, where they like, can't have sex. She's like, that sounds kind of stupid. You know, or like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, so what makes him special? And I'm like, well, he's a great guy. Like big social media she's like all right cool whatever but like even on instagram like she she doesn't know how to use it like yeah. she can't gauge like when you have like when you have a big show with big numbers or a big guy like who has exactly. a big following like <laughs> so for her it's like like for her the coolest ones are like the ones where like a demir remember demir yeah yeah, who yeah. i lo- i was one of my favorite episodes ever um who yeah, me- you know who might not have like as big a following as some of these other guys but like I, I think it, that one is equally as interesting, I mean, if not more, than yeah, most episodes. I mean, his, sto- his story that was one of the greatest stories. I mean, it's just an unbelievable story. Um, and so, so like it's so it's like a it's a different gauge than some of like my friends that like, you know, again, that's what I kind of like about the variation that I've had is that like it's it's whatever kind of suits your taste, you know. Like for the people that are huge into the UFC world, like they'll think hopefully that like some of my guests are awesome that are from the UFC world for like the mafia genre people like I've had the biggest living mafia figures alive other than than Sammy like that's who I've had on my show so it's like uh do I think they know I think they they know do they I don't know you know it's just like for me like I don't really ask them like that I'm just like yeah I'm just doing a show like whatever hmm. fun question here uh so I mean, I know a little bit about um, a little bit about your dating life. Yeah. Um, what's it called? <laughs> we were so, just talking so, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about it right before this. But uh, have you have you managed? What's it called? What has dating life been? You know, while doing the podcast, while being in school, yeah. and doing all and doing all these question. things, and yeah, I can't get myself in trouble here. Yeah, yeah. Don't um, get yourself in too much trouble. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, it's it's. Um, I mean, I think all jokes aside, I think that relationships and whether it's friendships or romances, I think it's the most important aspect of my life, uh, or it's the one that I that I that I think is. That's where like tr- like 
it's gonna sound cheesy as fuck but like i think like like loving someone and feeling loved are like the two greatest feelings i think people can feel yeah. you're um, right it, it was cheesy but it works thank <laughs> you um but like that's the only way i know how to say it yeah so so i think like that always like really for me like takes precedent um you know and so it definitely at times can be a challenge mm. um and then i think also like i don't again because i don't look at myself as like anything mm. i i'm just kind of like doing what i like to do but like sometimes i'll have like some of my good friends that'll be a little bit weary of individuals that come into my life for what like as for like why they're coming into my life and if it's because they see like potential to raise themselves up or and again if if i think you're coming into my life to clout chase i think you're you're just making a mistake i don't know what clout you're chasing like I don't, I don't have the clout you're looking for but but whatever but like but you know it's funny like because i don't i don't look at it that like that but it's interesting to have my friends sometimes tell me like dude like do you think she likes you for who you are or like what mm. you know social media or like what you can like and so like that makes me like pause sometimes yeah um and has, so has anyone ever given you that inkling friendship or 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 yeah or yeah yeah but i'm good at like i'm i have a very good radar i would yeah. i'd have to say that like i read people very well i think for the most part i think there's a couple times where i didn't and so that upset me because i was more upset with myself that i had for so many years thought i was like so good at reading people and then like i just realized i'm like damn like they were just kind of not there for the right reasons mm -hmm. um and so i was more upset with myself than than anything but um but I think at the end of the day, like, I think, I think it's funny. I had this conversation with my mom. I think when you're in a relationship with someone or you're interested by someone, like you have to have a level of admiration for them. And mm -hmm. so I don't think there's anything wrong with like, if the girl I'm with admires me for like being a hard worker and creating something for myself, the same way that I admire her for whatever she's doing in her life. I think that's great. I think when it comes to a point where it's like, I, I admire you, but I also know like, you know, if I post with you, like that's kind of like clout, like you have like you know, a few followers and, you know, and you've know, and you know, this person like that, I think you can kind of read and like, it's inauthentic. I want someone to like, love me for who I am. And then also think like, it's cool that I work my ass off and that I've, and that I'm trying to create something for myself. Um, but you know, it's you know, sometimes like, I'll, you know, if I'm at like, at a, at a in school, this is more during college, you know, if like, I'd have some people that I could kind of tell like more coming at me from like the friends angle, obviously, but like, it was just like, it just feels inauthentic. And I think you can kind of feel when things feel inauthentic. Yeah, um, and so, sure. so I have a pretty good radar for that. Um, but again, I, I keep my, my, my circle very close. And a lot of the people that are in my closest circle, I've been in there for years, year, before, way before any of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, and I know, you know, I know that they're there because they love me for who I am. Yeah. So rapid fire, I'm going to ask you a few okay few fun questions a okay. few random so mostly I'm just gonna, some of them are going to be related to guests some of them are just kind of random yeah. but um uh first guess that made you feel awkward oh that's interesting but is that, but is that throwing them under the bus or is that you know how about this i don't think that there's any that there's none that made me feel awkward mm -hmm. there was one episode it wasn't and i and i love this woman mm -hmm. i absolutely love this woman i need to and she, i hope she knows that but it it was it wasn't that it was awkward. It was more I was so uh, it, so so with Heather Hardy, mm -hmm. and I love I literally love Heather. She's and she's my sometimes boxing coach, and she beats the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. um, but I just remember what I try to do when I prep 
is to kind of understand the rhythm of how my guests speak so I can know when they're going to take a pause so I can ask my question so I can just kind of like understand how they are and what they how they speak and how what they do. And so I remember with Heather she speaks and you don't really know when she's going to finish. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember just I feeling remember. in a moment like she stopped talking and I and she kind of looked at me like, "All right, what's the next question?" And I had no idea what I was and so I started talking like I was just like I was stringing words to, I just remember this feeling of stringing words together until a thought came in and I just remember like kind of panicking and that was really early on and so um so i guess like that was maybe like the most awkward moment but like honestly none really have made me feel like awkward yeah you've always seemed to be pretty at home but i actually do remember i would say i actually have a pretty good memory when it comes to these sorts of things and like granted i, I doubt anybody out there watching or listening picked up on it no. because yeah because you really good, you did a really good job at masking it but me i think it, by uh, that point i was like yeah. I, I was like i, I kind of know i kind of know your rhythms a little bit too so but yeah, um, let's see. Next question. Let me see. I'm actually gonna have to take a peek at my it. phone for a second. Um, so I don't like we can whenever you whenever you. Uh, yeah, I know we went I, way past that. <laughs> but I'm I'm loving it. It's it's yeah. mostly up to you. You're uh, is your. Yeah. So um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was um, who is the person in terms? So you've interviewed like a lot of fighters. It's just mm -hmm. a fun question. So it's a two parter. Okay. Out of all the fighters you've uh, you've interviewed. Who do you think if like there was some Royal Rumble, who would win? And who's the oh, one you and, and this is probably also this probably the winner of this is probably answers this question too, is who's the one you would least likely want to fight? Oh, very good questions. Okay. In a Royal Rumble, like the world goes to shit who I not wanna be in front of? Is that the kind of the question? Yeah, yeah so if there or was like, a if there so if there was a Royal Rumble amongst all of them, okay. Who's coming out on top? Okay, okay. Who's coming out on top and who's the one but and then a separate question, which might be the winner of the Royal Rumble. Who, what's it called? Who's the one you would least likely want to fight? Okay, I probably have to say for honestly, it's going to be the same guy for both. Mm. And granted, he is the champ, Alex Volkanovsky, because I just think he's the most well rounded fighter I've seen in a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. I think a guy, I had, so I had Mark Hunt on. So Mark Hunt is one of the most powerful individuals on the planet. I was curious Earth. if you were going to mention him in this. Mark Hunt is like, he, I mean, that guy is serious power, but, like, I'm just thinking if he was, like, swarmed by a bunch of other dudes, like, he doesn't have the cardio that these guys have, you know, but he hits hard, but you also have to, like, you have to, these guys are elusive, so I think Al Alex Volkanovsky, because Alex Volkanovsky could, I think, he probably walks around at, like, 170, 180, so he's already, like, a fairly big guy, cuts down to 1, 145, um, actually probably, like, 160, 170, walks around at, um, but he's just so well rounded. He's just no 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 loopholes. And I think like you know, and that's no disrespect to all my other guys. I love them. Um But he's just has got a seriously well rounded. He's just game. it's crazy. it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd have to say that. Yeah. Um, let's see, what was the what was the other question I had for you? Um Hold on one second. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, what's it called? Completely, I don't know why I spaced on this question. So you've obviously interviewed like a lot of people, a lot of like entrepreneurs, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur. Um, who who is somebody that you feel like? Uh, what is somebody that you feel like you've really learned something from yeah. in a conversation? I know you've learned a lot of things. Yeah. but Who's somebody like you walked away and you're like, I need to remember this nugget for like the rest of my life. Because you've had a lot of people in a lot of. So moments. I think the the best quote that I've had, and I've and I've said this before, is um, when Christina told me when I asked her because for the guys we fucked podcast, her show that's huge, um, 
I asked her like, you know, what's the key to starting a big show? This is early on when I had her on. She was literally just like, uh, follow your curiosities. Um, because when you follow your curiosity, you're that you're authentically going for things that interest you. And when you're authentically interested in something, that's when the best content comes out. So that was one thing that, that really resonated. A, that is probably the best. I mean, that is such a good piece. And it was so good too, because I, and that's some, what I try to like, you know, like when I have, sometimes I'll work with like a PR agency that has represents clients and they'll throw a client my way. Like, Hey, do you want this guy? Do you want that girl? Like, and so, and sometimes I have to say no, just because, and it's not like, I don't think that they're up to level or they're not interesting. It's more just like, unless I'm like really, really curious or really interested, like I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to waste their time and like, um, and it'd be a waste of your time. It'd be a waste of my time. It'd be a waste of everybody's time. And I, and I wouldn't have the same energy. I think if I wasn't, um, as invested as I am with, with my guests. So, um, that I think is the best one. And then I think, um, when I had Mark Manson, I love Mark Manson. Oh yeah, he was super he's, cool. I, I mean, I think he's just an awesome guy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just any, it's not like he, it's not like the, this idea first sprouted when he was talking to me. It was literally like the thesis of his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But it was just like basic, the basic gist is we all have problems. Like every, like life is just a, is like a cohort of problems. Mm -hmm. And you got to pick which problems you want to have, which problems are enjoyable to solve, which problems are, um, you know, the ones like that you're willing to work through. And so for me, that's, you know, as I'm like approaching this next phase of my life, um, now that I'm not in school, it's like, okay, what do I want? A, what do I want life to look like? And B, you know, everything, there's going to be obstacles. Like, which are the more fun obstacles? Which are the better obstacles? Which are the ones that I will happily grind through? Um, and so I think that's like really like two pieces of advice that like for me are, are just ways to make life more enjoyable, but also um, they allow you to kind of think about um, – like when you're going to make a decision, uh, it allows you to kind of put into perspective what the repercussions of that decision might be. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, uh, you know, I, I've never had issues working through problems or stress, but I think when I feel most stressed out is when I'm stressed out about something that I, I don't like or I'm not comfortable with. You know, that's that's what feels bad. But when I'm stressed out about something I know I can work through and that I I can fi I will figure out, that is okay to me, mm -hmm. you know? Actually leads me to I'm gonna ask you a, I'm gonna ask you a, like a, I was gonna ask you another fun question but that, that actually leads me to like a, just something okay. I'm really curious about because it's something that it's something that I also uh, it's something that I kind of like personally struggle with too is it's like when you've sort of built something mm -hmm. and you have like a bunch of opportunities you're you're a person that is now you've graduated from school you have this thing that you've built you have a lot of opportunities probably more opportunities than people even realize out there that are that are viewing or, or listening to this. How do you go about feeling like you made the right decision when you try to make these when someone when because we talked you talked about it a little bit earlier about like, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity when it prevents when it mm -hmm. presents itself. But then there's also the analysis of that opportunity. Yeah. And that's and I think the past like two, three weeks as I graduated a little bit before, like a few days before I graduated and it was kind of like starting to sit in. And once I graduated, I kind of had like this little existential life crisis where like you don't, and th this is something I was very adamant about when I graduated as well, is I specifically didn't take like a regular job per se yeah. because I wanted to give myself a month or two, maybe even more. Um, and I'm also lucky enough that like I've set up ways so that I can 
live financially and I can afford a couple months of just like taking that time. But I, it was very important to me that I took some time and just like thought about what I want to do and what opportunities are there for me and what opportunities are not there for me yet mm -hmm. and what opportunities I want to create for myself. And I think, you know, one of the things that young people do when they, especially when they right when out of school is there's this, you know, you got to get a job, got to get a job, you got to get a job. Yeah. And so um, I'm lucky enough that I can survive a little bit without like having the job immediately, but also like um, I never want to settle period on mm -hmm. anything I do. And so, uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's underrated to take a little bit of time and think. And for me, I've always been someone who has so many answers for my life usually. And for the first time in my life, I don't have any answers. You know, when people ask me like, what, what am I going to do in September? No idea. You know, like, of course the podcast, of course the podcast. Um, and then there's, you know, side things that I've, that I do as well. But like, you know, I've, I've always thought about going into broadcasting or um, being a general manager in the NFL was my goal when I was six years old till like 18 or 20. And then I remember when you told me that I was like, and, I was blown away. Yeah. And now, and now like, it's like, it's something that's definitely interesting, but like I'd have to probably devote my entire life to it. And I don't know if I'm ready to make that sacrifice. So, you know, do I think I have opportunities? I, I, I believe I do. Um, do I know exactly which ones are like, like, are there ones that are immediate? Sure. But like, what about the ones that are like a little bit in a couple years if I do X, Y, and Z? So, you know, but again, I just wanted to take some time and think about what I want life to look like and what I want this show to look like. And, um, and it's like weird, you know, like I think it's hard. It, it has really been honestly hard for me because I, I like knowing, I like no, I, I like having answers, you yeah. know, and I, and I really don't have answers right now. And in a way, I think that'll probably, uh, It'll, it's, gonna, it's, it's kind gonna, of a good thing. It's kind of a good thing, and yeah. it's like making me like, you know, learn about myself, and um, and you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if I make a decision and then I pivot into something slightly different. Um, and I always said like this show will grow when I complement it with something else. Like I've never just wanted to do a podcast. That for me is boring. Um, so so yeah. So I I don't know. Okay. You know, I it's uh, there's a lot of people that I've as we talked about. Like I have connections that I've networked and that I've saved favors for mm. um and that you know I've they've been generous enough to say that they would help me at when, when whenever the time came but uh yeah it's it's a weird feeling to to not really know you know especially when you have friends that are like oh I'm going to work at JP Morgan I'm going to do this and so it's cool like but I've never I don't think I could ever see myself in like a corporate 9 to 9 to 5 I don't see you doing that at you all know? I, I just can't I and can't so, see it but that doesn't I, mean that I don't want to yeah. do something that like like I'm ready to work 12 15 hours a day that's not the issue it's yeah. more just like what kind of uh, ways do I want to uh, work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in a you're in a really really interesting and in, in unique yeah. position, and um, especially at such a at such a young age too. And uh, I mean, and really, you just need to pat yourself on the back for that. I mean, like, you, thank you. I mean, a lot of that is uh, through your own hard work that yeah. you that you've been able to do that. Thank you. Um, I guess last what's it called? Last question to sort of wrap this all up. I mean, it's sort of sort of related to what you just said, but. What can the people out there expect moving forward with the podcast? Yeah, I think uh, so. That was the other thing. I wanted to take like a good month to just like think about how I can improve this show because the reality is, I there's so many different w avenues that I need to improve. Um, you know, and that honestly, because I've been so kind of it's been like really chaotic three years in, in a lot of ways, even though I'm organized, it's, it's still chaotic. Yeah. Um, you know, just. I wanted to think of ways that I could improve it. 
And I think one of those is um, just in terms of content, right? I don't want to... I felt like there were a couple episodes in the past that I kind of... I mean, sometimes I'll wing things, you know that? But it's yeah. not like... But I'm not winging it, like, because I'm not prepared. It's more like I know what I'm doing, so, like, I I can confidently just walk in here and, like, we're gonna have a great show. Mm-hmm. But I don't want every... I don't want things to sound... To be repetitive um, or to sound boring or to, like, you know, just drag it on because you need to fill time. Exactly. Um, that I never want to do, so I want to make sure that, that doesn't ever happen. I also just want to feel like... I want people to... Um, and hopefully this is a great episode to for them to to I don't want I don't want my guests to have to carry everything in terms of like promotion and marketability and like people's desire to watch. I wanna be I'm never the type of person that's gonna say outlandish things to get like clickbait yeah, type that's, shit. That's, that's not, that's not me and yeah, that would be that would be just like I would feel so weird doing that. But like I want people to be like, okay, like I want people to to feel whenever I drop an episode, it's like, oh, I'm super excited. Like, there's a new episode out, yeah. right? So, ha- so then the question kind of begs, like, how do I get that? Mm. And so, are there other segments that I want to try? I've had a bunch of different ideas, um, and so maybe we'll try that. I, live shows was always something that I was very interested in. I don't know if I could sell out like a place like that, but maybe with a guest. And if we do it like, and we have. Um, different kind of segments within that live show I think could be like a very enjoyable night because for me like there's nothing better than like like a night out at a comedy club like you're drinking you're having fun like that those moments like just those raw moments in a room of 50 or 100 people I think are beautiful so I think like if I could do that I would love to love to do that Um, and then I think uh, I've been always open so after I did the show with John I've always been open to doing another show Um, but it would have to be with somebody like like I don't want to. I don't want to grind from the way that I. Like I don't want to grind from the bottom again. Yeah. It'd have to be somebody that's like established in their field and like whether it's a comedian or this or that. Like they have some kind of following already and fan base. So because I don't want to like have to create that all over again. It's, exactly. I mean, like you've you've built something. You've built something here. So it's kind of combining. It's two yeah. Two so so there's a lot of things that I'm thinking about and I and again I just really wanted to be able to. F- think about these things full time and sit down and literally, and I, and I'm going to force myself to put like pen to paper and write ideas down and see what ideas I like and don't like. Mm. And, uh, and really try to get, again, some of the most interesting guests that I can get the most out of those guests. Um, and then after you do that, it's like, how do you market the right way? And, you know, as I told you off air, like signing with a PR agency is what I'm going to do next. And, uh, you know, try to get a little bit more press and more eyes in different ways. So there's a lot of things that I'm like thinking about. It's more just like, um, you know, what makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm in that again, because I'm in that weird in between in life is just kind of figuring out what I want, uh, life to look like period. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you're taking the time and I think it's a smart thing that you're taking the time and, you know, as you're, as your friend and producer, mm-hmm. um, you know, be grateful that you're taking the time. Yeah. That you have the opportunity to take this time to to, to figure these For things sure, out. For sure, yeah. And, you know, even like living at home and stuff like that is just, it's just added like time and not having to stress too much about money yet. Um, but, you know, th- those will come. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, well, I appreciate, well, you know, I, I love you. Um, too, I truly do. And uh, this place is, this place is awesome. I mean, I, I tell you this 
all the time. Um, and you know, we we always talk about ways to to improve it because because yeah. you have that same mentality of like, how can we always improve? Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I look at all. I mean, I as much as people love this space, like I, um, all I, I wouldn't say all I see are things that I need to improve upon. But like, I mean, you've been here for yeah, two, three years, two, now. two, three years now, and the place, you know, whether it's new gear, whether it's new things, I mean everything in the background that we're yeah. looking at is brand no i mean we're sitting in a spot that i've never sat in before for three years so yeah. you know i think uh i and, and you know i always i always try to to get you as much business as possible whenever yeah, I know people you do. so you but yeah i think like for if people are listening and you know especially in the new york city area there's um in the brooklyn area like i'm not even saying this because it's you like mm. this is the best studio um you know and then if you have to if you have to stay in the city there are obviously good studios there but you know you're gonna get great quality stuff here and and i think uh and for you just as a person i i hope you know how much i appreciate you and and really in a lot of ways like mentor i really view you as a, as a mentor of sorts um you know because because we have so many off-air conversations that are so uh that i that i think about a lot and um that's why i'm happy like even on our, on my guest cancellation today like this was cool because I knew, like, th like the, the way we talk now is like the way we talk when there's yeah, no camera. Yeah, like this really isn't any different. So, so it's cool. Know. Like, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited, and uh, I'm excited for, and and it's been fun to, it's been fun for like for me to have you, kind of be there basically for every session, um, and seeing kind of like as things have gone along, and I know that you give it to me a hundred percent raw. Yeah, so I, I really do. But like the the truth of the matter is, is like you know. For me, it's always about nitpicking at the margins with yeah. you as opposed to with a lot of other people. And this is no disrespect to other people that I that I work with and whatnot. Because, you know, anybody that's doing this for the first time, you're not going to be you're not going to be great at it the first the first the yeah. first time out. It takes a while to sort of figure out, you know, what is your even show even about and mm -hmm. everything like that. But um, but with you, it's like I, I saw the I saw the talent immediately and I just and but even more importantly, I saw the work ethic. Yeah. I saw I saw that you were doing a lot of the without having any real mentorship yet, yeah. you know, doing a lot of the things that I have to tell people who have never that I have to tell people, you know, right from jump to yeah. do. So yeah. you were doing a lot of the right things that you just intuited to do. So <sighs> thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I hope people enjoyed that. I hope they did. Too. I, I, I loved it. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. I mean, I always love talking to you. So for me, it was just like another day here. Yeah, like fair, but but no, but I'm happy that. Uh, and you ask very good questions. You you got to start your own show. Yeah, I mean, I watch good interviewers. Nah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too kind, but uh, but yeah. All right, well, yeah, this is it. Wrap it. Yeah, hope you guys Boom. enjoyed it. Awesome.